Hi, and welcome to Lessons I Learned in Law with me, Scott Brown, founder of Harriet Brown In-House Legal Recruitment. On each episode of the podcast, you get to hear my conversation with a top legal mind as they break down three of their key lessons that they've learned in law and in their in their career that goes with that. With any luck, you'll be informed and inspired and, and hopefully armed with a bit more knowledge to help you along the way in your, your own career path. Now, my guest today is Charlotte Pham. Welcome, Charlotte. Thanks, Scott. Lovely to be here. Charlotte is lead commercial counsel at the social media sensation TikTok, which has been on quite a growth journey, um, both pre and during and post pandemic. So I'm sure there'll be a lot to lot to glean out of that and learn from from Charlotte as to what it's been like being on that rocket ship. And Charlotte started her her legal career at BLP, leading international firm, which is now BCLP. And, and during that time, had some comments at BT, The Guardian and Tesco before moving in-house to her, her current role. With each guest, we also like to find out more about their, their life outside of the law. So we'll find out a bit more about Charlotte's home life and how she manages to juggle her demanding legal career with her family life with two young daughters and her studies in languages pre-moving into the legal profession. Charlotte, let's kick off with lesson one. Thanks, Scott. Um, So my first lesson is really to keep going. (laughs) It's to keep going until you find the right environment for you. I think when you're starting out in your your career, you, you can't predict what's going to suit you and you don't know when you're going to hit your stride. And I think those early days, um, of being a lawyer, you know, they can be really, really tough. Um, and so I suppose my message to people would be to, to sort of keep the faith until you find your direction. So before I became a lawyer, I really wanted to be a, a journalist. And I, as you mentioned, I studied French and German. So I was abroad for part of my degree. And in my third year of, of university, I was in Paris and I managed to do an internship at the the Guardian's offices. And, you know, I had a fantastic time there. I managed to get some pieces published. I remember interviewing some, um, interviewing a boy band and <laughs> writing an article, writing an article for the April Fool's edition about the the French uh, Gnome Liberation Front. And I and I just had the most fantastic time. And so I had my heart really set on becoming a journalist. And uh, but I'd already signed up to go to law school. So <laughs> <laughs> I so so off to law school I went and. After law school, I started my career in a, in a city firm and my, my first seat was in banking. And I think within the first 10 days, I'd already done two all-nighters. And I think I, my heart just kind of became heavier and heavier over that over that period. And I, I think I knew at that point that practicing law in that way was not going to be for me. It wasn't going to give me the kind of satisfaction that I was looking for. But I did keep going and I'm really glad that I kept going because it probably took me maybe sort of three years post-qualification to get to the to the place where I hit my stride and started to gain some confidence. And and after that, things really started to kind of fly for me and I, I started to love it. But, it. but, you know, it was quite a long journey. But, you know, now I've been a lawyer for 
for, for 20 years. And now I would say that I would have really regretted sort of giving up on it too early. So I think yeah. it's an encouraging message to, to sort of try and, and tunnel a path through to something that you're going to love. Absolutely. So with those all nighters, like how did you come to, and which, which team did you qualify into and how did you, how did that journey happen in, in identifying where you wanted to be? So I, um, I qualified into a big TMT group and it, it was a it was a tough time actually. So I qualified in, in 2002, and lots of people weren't kept on. So we were all all of the people who were kept on were just very lucky and grateful to have jobs. Yeah. And um, when I had done my seat in that department, I'd been in in the kind of in the sexier end of media basically. So I'd done some publishing contracts, and I sat with a music lawyer, and it was the year of um, it was the year of pop idol i think it was called i don't know if anybody who's listening yeah. to this is going to be old enough to, to remember that <laughs> like the okay. early early generation of those of those shows yeah um kind of you know grandmother of x factor etc and um i remember sort of sitting in a room with with gareth gates and will young and so it had it was really fantastic experience and then when i when i qualified the um the spot that was available was in was in public t- sector it outsourcing <laughs> i mean <laughs> It, there is a difference between the, those two worlds. And so it did, it did take me some time to adjust. And then over the course of the next three years, I kind of worked my way back to, to doing things that I, that I loved more. Yeah. And I went through, for many years, I was, was just a pure tech lawyer, actually. And actually, I, I grew to really love love tech once I'd, once I'd moved away from, from maybe the sort of the deals that I did at the beginning of my career. Um, and so that's how I've kind of, have ended up where I am. So I moved from then lots and lots of tech deals into more sort of media and, and content deals. And that was the kind of perfect, the perfect journey to where I am now. Yeah, I guess I guess there's a lesson there in, in not thinking yourself or pigeonholing yourself as in, in a, at that early stage and knowing that you're learning valuable, you're learning valuable things and skills in the in the profession and drafting that are going to stand you in good stead, regardless what the contract might be about absolutely so i would say that to lots of junior lawyers if you can't qualify into the thing that you want at first you know i suppose i suppose that brings me on to my second lesson but it's it's um about looking for the opportunities that are available in your current environment um whether that's skills or relationships or learning from talented people in in the business or getting opportunities for development or maybe a stepping stone to where you want to go next but it's it is there is so much opportunity if in most positions if mm. you're if you're looking for it so focusing on what what you can get out of something is is just just super important for moving forwards yeah tell me more about the studies studies abroad how did how was that how did you find um how did you find studying abroad I just loved it, actually. So I've always been um, a very international person. So I, I grew up because of my father's job. I grew up in the Middle East and went to an international school and did my A-levels at the French Lycée. And then it, it just was a natural continuation of, of that kind of very international environment for me. So I spent time in both France and Germany. France, I was in Paris. And I did my stint at The Guardian. And then and then in Germany, I was in Berlin and it, nice. it wasn't really that long, actually, since Berlin had opened up and I was living in East Berlin. 
Yeah. Um, I was living in this wonderful kind of very sort of trendy area called Prenzlauerberg where it, you know, it felt like you were uncovering a piece of history because actually lots of people from the West had not, had not lived there because it was kind of closed off. So it was just, it was just really, really stimulating. And it, it was the time when Berlin had a, I mean, it's probably still does have, I'm, I'm too old to go clubbing now, but at the time it definitely did have that kind of wonderful, vibrant uh, tech scene. And, you know, every night you could go somewhere different and there'd be clubs in really usual, unusual locations. So whether that was, uh, you know, a warehouse, famously they had the warehouse clubs. But, you know, there were, I remember there was also one in a converted public toilet and there was just this kind of amazing feeling of kind of freedom and in the city at that time. But yeah. I think it was also the stage of my life. You know, I didn't have any responsibilities. I was a student. It was, um, it was, it was a fantastic time. Sounds awesome. I've only visited Berlin. Never, never lived there. I did a did a year abroad as well, and would thoroughly recommend it to to anyone again outside your comfort zone. And um, yeah, but that sounds that sounds great. Like a great time to be there. Have you found your your languages and that that background? Has that been something you've applied to your legal profession? So yes, and um, no. My role does cover a, a, a sort of multiple markets, and so I am frequently called on to be able to understand things in French and German. So, uh, and, and to list, I can listen to, to to sort of meetings in French and German and understand them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't draft in the language. I'm not, I'm not qualified in the jurisdiction. I don't take meetings in the language. But my languages ne- have nevertheless been really useful. But I think the most useful thing about those kinds of early international experiences is they really build you for an in, for a career in, in an international organization it's been really great for me to to come to an international organization and it feels like coming home in some ways so tell us about lesson lesson two you touched on it there let's cement that so i, th- I think that's for me it's about when you can't control everything holding on to what you can control and making sure you're getting something out of every situation that you're in um so to not apply too much of a simplistic kind of judgment to a situation or a set of facts because something is rarely as simple as it's a good job or a bad job or a good opportunity or a bad opportunity it's more around finding the opportunities within within the circumstance that you're in and you will never love everything about a role, but you need to learn to kind of take something from it for yourself. So in order to kind of carry on growing, you you need to sort of look for what's available to you. And I think in a long career, you need to be really pragmatic. You know, you need to realize that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And yeah. it, it, you know, if you if you want to keep going at, it, at this career, and even if you don't want to keep going in the same linear way, whatever experiences your and skills you're taking and putting in your toolkit you're putting it in the in your toolkit for the next part of your career whatever that might be so yeah. it's it's always to sort of think about what you can gain from an opportunity to keep moving forwards because you may not be growing in one area but there may be an opportunity for growth in another area you may be able to acquire new skills so mm-hmm. i suppose it's to look for the opportunity in in everything Really good advice. From from what you said, it sounds like you're you're constantly looking to progress. 
But at the same time that you have to step back and be kind to yourself and and give yourself credit for the stuff that you are doing well and, and what you are learning. Do you have any methods for doing that or to any any things that have worked well for you in your in your career? I suppose I I like to look at other I look at other people who've been very successful or who I admire mm-hmm. and I, I'll often you know whether they're people I know or people I don't know and I'll often look at you know what journey it is that's led them to where they are and actually often if you look at a lot of people's career paths they're often not completely linear yeah there are these kind of jumps that people make that you may not be able to explain from looking at you know purely from their profile but what you realize is that from talking to them is that they have built up a kind of set of skills or contacts or something in, in maybe a very unpromising situation that has has then enabled them to leapfrog into another situation. And I think career counsellors and, and career coaches are often really good for pointing that kind of thing out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's about bringing a kind of maturity and a, and a perspective to the situation that you're in to to try and to work out what what you're getting out of it really and and, and what it, what it can bring you and where it can lead you yeah and being open-minded have you set yourself in the past targets for where you want to be in the next year um or in five years time is it something that you've you've worked on well i'm, I'm always a bit wary of talking about a five-year plan so i think yeah. that has i think that has other connotations doesn't it but i so it's not quite as as specific as that. For me, it's about continuing to grow. So constantly, constantly learning something. If you are not learning anything and you are not getting something else out of the role, then that for me is 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 a kind of a real alarm bell. But but yes, I think like all ambitious people, I, I have an idea of where where I want to go. But it's not quite as simple as a five year plan. Yeah, following the river, I think it is probably a better. Yeah, technology. follow. Yeah. yeah, follow. Follow your nose. No, makes makes sense. Tell us a bit about TikTok and that. You, you must have jumped out of your 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 comfort zone slightly there. So you, I understand you were second second lawyer in EMEA. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I was the um, EMEA GC's first recruit. Um, so I was there when we were not very many people in in Europe. You know, maybe yeah. under two hundred, and now. And obviously now we're way over 2000. So I've seen a lot of growth in the last kind of two and a half years. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've also helped helped to build up a, a legal team from scratch. We just didn't have one in the yeah. region before. So it's been an amazing, amazing experience. But yes, out of my comfort zone on a daily basis, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> learning new things all the time building the plane while you're trying to fly it well it's flying <laughs> yeah god must be must be scary um and incredible incredible growth story did you did you have a feeling when you joined there that it was or, or prior to joining as to where it was going so i had always uh, been really passionate about about social media and, and the sector. So when this, the opportunity to, came to join, I, I absolutely jumped at the chance. Um, yeah. And I did have a feeling that it would would be very successful. However, I think the success that it has enjoyed sort of since lockdown, I guess, surprised surprised even me. So I always knew it would be successful, but the the way it exploded into the mainstream sort of over that lockdown period was was wonderful to see 
one of the big success stories out of lockdown um, in terms of the the target audience were very well very well timed but yeah it's been been great to keep track of it and see see things grow i imagine the role is is very demanding uh, growing at that pace how do you how do you manage things with your your family life so we're talking you've got two two young daughters yeah it it is a demanding role um what i would say is that you know, it's that old adage, isn't it? Which is that if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't feel obviously it doesn't feel like all, that all the time, but it does. It does. <laughs> it does feel like that a lot of the time because one of the things about where I am is that everybody is very, very passionate about about the company, about the product, and working in an environment where there's so much kind of positive energy. And where people are um, energized by building things is is really refreshing and gives gives you momentum, really. So hours and situations that may seem, you know, difficult in other circumstances, just the it, it's softened by by the kind of passion that you have for the role and by the, the kind of high quality of the people around you. I think one of the lovely things about being in a uh, an organisation that's that's relatively new is that you you're, no one is institutionalised or sort of disenfranchised yet. So people come in with the opportunity to make an impact, and you know, really with the wind beneath their wings, wanting to go somewhere, and that is just really refreshing to be a part of. So. I think a lot of being able to cope with a demanding job is is about the environment that you're in. So if you're energized by the quality of the people, the canvas of issues you have to work on, the ability to make an impact, then really, you know, you've, you've won half the battle because because mentally you want to be there and you you're engaged in what you're doing. In terms of how you how you balance that practically with with a young family, well, I mean, those those questions are, are, are probably the same for everyone in in, in any kind of environment in, in, in different sectors I have a lot of I have a huge um, support network so um, they say you know that behind what did they used to say they used to say behind every successful man was a successful every great man there's a yeah there's a great woman yeah and even greater women yeah I think that's yeah right. exactly so I, I'm gonna flip I'm gonna flip that round obviously so my, my husband's a huge source of support to me and my my family are a huge source of support to me so I'm, I'm very fortunate to to have a big support network but I, I've always done this I've always worked um since my children were born so actually for me it's just what I do I may not have worked at the pace always that I work now um but it is I wouldn't say it's easy for me but it is it is also second nature mm-hmm. I think yeah. Yeah, you just have to find find a way. It sounds good. I think the last time I heard that quote of uh, behind every every man there's a there's a there's a greater woman was I was I'm terrified of heights and I was on a I was on a walk in Peru and <laughs> I absolutely froze on this cliff edge and my wife my, my partner at the time was stood behind me and an American guy like sauntered past and um made that, made that, <laughs> that phrase yeah that's my immediate thought of that just sweaty hands <laughs> on the edge of a cliff <laughs> so moving on charlotte can you, can you tell us lesson lesson three yes so i mean there are so many things that i uh that i i could have spoken about but i i, I suppose one of the things i wanted to talk about was 
a lesson that I've learned in terms of being successful in an in-house role, um, which, you know, success in an in-house role looks quite different, I think, to success in, in you know, private practice role. And my sort of lesson for that is really to build relationships above all else. So, you know, the, the time that you invest in people will pay dividends in that environment. I mean, I think that's probably true in, in lots of lots of circumstances, but particularly this environment that we're talking about. So don't spend all your time buried behind your computer giving brilliant legal advice. Just get a relationship with the people you work with every day and that will make them see you as so much more than a mouthpiece for legal advice. And then that that connection will just make it much easier to have a successful in-house career. They'll bring their problems to you. They'll want to talk to you for reasons not just connected with, with the law. They'll talk to you about a wider range of issues. You'll be able to add more value by having those kind of conversations that that aren't immediately about a single the single issue in front of you. So it's to, to really sort of try and develop your relationships and Im- embed yourself in the business that way. How do you go about doing doing that? What, what's worked for you? So I was really lucky because I, I, I came in so early. I've, I've got fantastic connections with the other people who were here really early on. But obviously, our organisation has, has kind of grown a lot. So in, in a very short time, and it's, it's sometimes hard to keep up with the growth and to work out who you should be making connections with um but what i would say is that you 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 only need a few very good connections because actually they can connect you to other to other people so you know there are these there are these super connectors that in any organization and and i think a relationship with one or two of those is is usually is usually enough yeah how do you find legals perceived within within tech within obviously your experience within tiktok but how do you feel as an advisor within within that organization so i think i think we're really lucky where we are because we are there's a good perception of our of our sort of department within within the org and we are we're embedded with the business we're not seen as separate we we do a lot on the commercial side of of deals which is you know really satisfying for the lawyers who work on it but also you know helps with not being seen as being apart from the business so we're we're brought in early we're there all the way through and we are we are well respected so i think i think we are really lucky there i imagine each organization has its own dynamics i've been in organizations in the past where legal perhaps doesn't have isn't isn't as well regarded or is seen as a sort of a checkbox or a, a gatekeeper at the end you know, but that that isn't just isn't the case where we are. And I, I think we do a lot of work to try and make sure that people understand the value that we bring. And I think that's that's a big challenge for a lot of in-house teams is really communicating the value that legal brings. But we've been fortunate that we seem to have managed to do a good job of that. And, and so relations with the business are, are really good, actually. Yeah. Interesting to know that the, the relationships are still key, particularly during during lockdown where everything's been remote. Those 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 relationships are still so important. And I guess you have to have a sincerity and, and, and it has to be, it's a genuine interest in learning about people. And that's where, as a lawyer in-house, you are more human than, than perhaps an advisor externally in private practice. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, the relationships you have are, are everything, really, I think, in, in-house. Um, and I think one of the things that I, I really 
wanted when I was in pra- private practice was to have those kind of closer relationships and to 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 be along for the whole journey of of you know of doing something of bringing it to fruition rather than just working on it and, and never really seeing it again and that's one of the really satisfying things about being part of a story in the way that I am now and I think for any in-house lawyer is you know you're part of of that story and and it is you know human, human beings love stories don't they we love to we can only kind of make sense of the world in in stories and 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 narratives and I think for a long career or a career which is demanding and therefore you know a very big part of who you are in your life it's satisfying to be part of a a bigger journey and a bigger story to, to fit yourself inside that yeah Awesome. So TikTok's team hiring, looking for people to to join the team. What's the best way for, for people to hear about those types of opportunities? Yes. So actually, we have quite a few open roles in the broader team. We advertise them on LinkedIn, but we also put them on our careers page. And people can also get in touch with me if they want to talk about any of those roles. Obviously, I'd be, I'd be happy to chat to them. But yes, uh, keen for people to, to reach out if they're interested. Sounds like a great place to be and lots of um, lots of interesting work to do. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for joining me today, Charlotte. It was great to to learn more about your about your career and um, and hear about some of your experiences, particularly within the in house context. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. I've uh, I've really enjoyed this podcast series. So I was, I was thrilled thrilled to be part of it. No, it's great to have you. Thank you for thank you for joining. It's those uh, it's those little stories. I think well, I've I've heard from some of the guests as well. It's quite therapeutic to to jot things down and 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 write about stuff you've learned as well so hopefully you've found that yeah (laughs) thank you charlotte that was great thank you for sharing those insights and the lessons that you've learned in your career to date it's fascinating getting an insight into what it's like to work at such a fast growth a high speed business like tiktok some really great things there and thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about any of our guests or if you'd like to listen to episodes previously in the series, head over to harrietbrown.com forward slash podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. It's great to hear positive news and how, how the podcast is being received. So please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Brown. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.